Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about The Edge? I am, because after all, we we are are the Watchers of Movies. And we're back from our Harry Potter adventure. Back from Hogwarts. Back from Hogwarts, baby. Yes. And we're happy to be home with all the (laughs) non-magic. Yeah. And I've been referring nonstop to Harry Potter references, and it's been great because she's been getting every single one of them. Every single one of them. Guys, this is the best thing (laughs) ever. (laughs) Yeah, what a a journey. And now we're back to regular movies yeah yeah last night we actually got to watch a movie together we did watch a movie together was thrilling Mm -hmm. uh because we actually got to sit and talk about it without having to wait forever to talk about it and like the entire the entire movie we were like we're like oh shit i almost started talking about the edge yeah (laughs) there was something that happened so we watched the movie spencer Mm mm-hmm um, which is available on Hulu without you don't need a premium subscription, which blows my mind. Uh, I there's a small caveat. Ah! <laughs> what? What? What happened? What happened? You can't attack me. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> Suddenly there was like vicious claws around my feet, and I. <laughs> Yeah, he does that every now and then. Did it, hurt? it didn't hurt you or anything. It, it startled me more than anything. But <laughs> oh my gosh, Some, he's sometimes, a monster. <laughs> sometimes he does like this really cute thing where I'll be walking past him and he'll pat my foot with his his paw. Like he's like, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> I was moving it around. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Oh, he geez. is zooming. That was frightening. I'm so sorry that my it's tiny right. tiger attacked you. <laughs> I used to babysit at a house who, where the cat hated me, and I had to walk backwards away from it anytime because oh, no. it would jump at me. Uh, and anyway, um, so what I was going to say was uh, there were ads all the way through it. The movie Spencer. I yeah. can't remember everything that I just said. I can't remember if I said it because of the horror <laughs> no, you- that I just experienced. But So there were ads periodically, and I don't know if that's because I don't pay for the premium hulu which i don't i like pay for the one with commercials or if it's like surprise it's not premium but you have to watch these ads so right right. you know small price to pay though yeah it's uh it's Kristen stewart i know that a lot of people have a lot of hesitation about her but she was nominated for best actress at the oscars or, or I don't know when. When are they usually? When are Oscars? The Oscars are later this month. She was definitely okay. nominated for a Golden Globe for it. Yeah. So I, I looked it up. She was nominated for an Oscar too. Yeah. Um. And she, I think, deserves it. I think she did a fantastic job. She did do a fantastic. Jo- she carried the movie. She basic, really. Did. I mean, a lot of the scenes she was alone. Yeah. And oh she, yeah. So yeah. she really did carry it. Yeah. I, I think like it, it always like ticks me off when people don't like her, or don't give her a chance outside of Twilight because she has like a huge amount of of films that she's done and i think she's actually a very talented actress but if you're gonna solely look at her uh acting from a twilight first of all you're gonna be disappointed and secondly if you've read the books you'd know that bella is like the most boring character ever so she was just playing her how she was written and i am a huge kristen stewart fan and i will die on that hill (laughs) okay I think she does a good job. I think she uh, has grown into her abilities a lot more. 
yeah i can't say that every performance of hers has been phenomenal but i can't really say that about many people right and i do like her um but yeah that movie was in the movie was nothing like i expected it to be like i had in my head a vision of just like a normal quote-unquote movie about the royals focusing on diana but it was it was like an episode of just like a mental breakdown. And oh, yeah. It felt, I told you and I told Mike that it felt like we were watching Requiem for a Dream Royals version because it was so unnerving and like the score is very unnerving and dissonant and there's just so much going on. So she was she did a, a phenomenal job in the movie. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, Me too. It's not lighthearted viewing. No, it's, but it's, it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is uh, it's a very interesting film. I think it was really well done. Uh, the director is Pablo Lorraine. I've never seen anything that he's done before, but my curiosity is piqued. So, I mean, I would, he is someone that I would now, you know, I would seek out his movies now, you know, just to, out of curiosity, like what other stuff has he done? But I agree with you big time. It, it has very, like, very much Aronofsky vibes, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It made it made me uncomfortable, but in a way that I could stand. Whereas yeah. Requiem for a Dream, I do not like one single <laughs> we, bit of that we movie. We both are but, like, no, we'll never watch that movie yeah. again. I saw it one time, and I actually owned it, and I was like, I don't want this movie in my collection, and I gave it to a friend, and she's like, I'll take it. I assume it's. I never saw Black Swan, but I assume it's a similar feeling to Black Swan as well. I really like vibe I got yeah, from Black yeah, Swan. Yeah, 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 big time. I really liked Black Swan. Um, I own it too if you ever want to watch it so I I liked Black Swan I thought that Natalie Portman did a really good job in that Um, and yeah I mean but yeah I could see yeah that's I would say that's pretty that's pretty spot on that it's very like very much like this is a woman who's trying to keep it all together and she is like just being I mean this isn't what happens in Black Swan but you know she's being she's on like camera essentially all the time being watched all the time by everyone and so she's just like it feels like she's caught in this like gilded cage where she really can't you know step outside of of her reality or even like have any sort of mental health issues which is exactly what she's dealing with she's having like a like it's a, about a woman on the verge of a mental breakdown essentially you mm-hmm. know yeah and yeah. i could get like i've thought a lot about the movie since we've watched it and it's i think you could tell almost the same story with somebody who wasn't a royal because there's like a backbone of it uh, about how she knows that her husband is cheating and he gives his mistress the same necklace that he gives her for christmas and so all of the nervous breakdown feelings she's having i think you could tell that same story with people who weren't famous and they would have the same like just gut wrenching gut wrenching emotions on the cusp of this like inevitable uh, divorce or yeah. you know but the fact that she's on a stage makes it like heightens it so much more and yeah and there's yeah. mild 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 body horror in it which is was bearable for me there was one scene involving yeah, soup the- that I had to look away oh uh, yeah the- I couldn't I couldn't watch it the soup scene uh, but. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it's very well made. And I was surprised because I was thinking, oh, Laura's going to come over. We're going to watch this movie about Princess Di. We're going to see Kristen Stewart in a role that, 
you know, I, we've never seen her in before. Not just because it's Princess Die, but just a type of role. Right. But then I, we just saw a movie that I totally wasn't expecting yeah. either. I mean, I uh, they the like beginning of it says that it's basically like kind of a like a dark version of a fairy tale, and I would say that that is pretty spot on you know it's about a woman who becomes a princess and then all of a sudden she's just kind of realizing or not all of a sudden but she's realizing it's not everything is not cracked up to what it's it seems like it should be in the fairy tale and she's just like this isn't really what i want and and she can't escape it you know right and it's one thing to be just a normal person who's escaping from a terrible relationship or something and you just leave but she can't because everyone knows who she is it's not like she can go and hide because everyone in the world is like you know she know she's a very famous woman and i i can't imagine like having having that kind of experience like it it really makes me think about like britney spears's breakdown you know and this poor girl was just pushed to the point where she couldn't handle it anymore you know and um and everyone made fun of her and i was like is this funny is mental illness and, and depression and anxiety and whatever other bullshit that she's dealing with and then we find out that like her family fucking sucks too, you know. <laughs> like it's just, it, it's, and I'm not laughing. It's not funny, but it's, it's, you know, um, what is it like a defense mechanism when you laugh when something makes you uncomfortable? That's what I'm doing. Um, it, it really makes you empathize with m- like who Diana maybe was as a person, or, or just what she was going through, and and makes you kind of go, damn, that's got to be really rough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. So. so I would recommend it. Two thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Big, me too. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. Where is he? <clears throat> Where is he? I don't see him, Lauren. <laughs> Over near the robot. Oh, okay. <sighs> I'm sorry. The robot. He, are you startled now that he's... <laughs> I'm a little bit on edge. I'm not being fake when I say I'm a little on edge. <laughs> I feel so bad now because he was just playing and he probably... And you, and you got startled. Well, I can't help it that he's a baby Huey. <laughs> He's a baby Huey. Doesn't that mean he's dumb? I just mean he doesn't know his own string. <laughs> anyway, so do you want to talk about some movie? I am ready to talk about the movie. Awesome. So first we have to say thank you to Samantha F. Yes. Not me. Not her. For recommending this movie. She recommended it. And yes. Apparently has a big following. Yeah, I had no... I didn't even know this was, like, a movie that was in existence. Like, I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah. And I... And I... Like, all these people commented on one of the posts that I made on Instagram, and they were like, oh, yeah, this movie's great. I love this movie. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that's not a bad thing, but I was just so surprised that, you know, it had such a, like, a huge fan base, you know? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I was... And I'm surprised I've never seen it because it came out in 1997, which I was at the right age. I could have seen it totally. But I, if people hadn't talked about it, I would have no knowledge of yeah. it, which I, pr- is probably true for a lot of things. But I guess I'm just saying I'm extra shocked that this movie came out during my memory making years and i don't remember it and i never saw it yeah ever. i i mean i didn't even hear of it I didn't, uh, yeah i don't even i didn't remember, even know like, it was existing like yeah right. it's i was like <laughs> what <laughs> we should title this episode we are the 
watchers who've never heard of movies. <laughs> that was supposed to be funnier. But anyway. I laughed. Thanks. I laughed. I just, it's hard for me to relax knowing there's a vicious animal <laughs> roaming around. I feel so bad. Like, I feel so guilty. You don't have to feel guilty. Look at him. I know. Looking so cute and innocent. I know. He's got his little paw on my... I have like a little remarkable tablet that you can write with. And he's got his little <laughs> paw on there. Yeah, he's like resting it very regally. He's like, this is mine. <laughs> anyway, so Lauren, what did you think of the movie? Um, So I liked it. I wouldn't say that it's the best movie I've ever seen, but I can definitely see why people like it. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. I got into it enough where there were parts where I was like yelling at the screen, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like that pretty much mirrors how I feel, too. Like, I I was kind of expecting it to be more than it was, um, but... I I was still entertained and I think it's it's fun and I was also like what's going to happen you know <laughs> but the twist kind of made me like it disappointed me a little bit I had to say I kind of got yeah I kind of felt the same way yeah I was like oh we've all gone on this journey together and now oh and I'm I, I just I don't know I f- I feel like I I had a vision of what I thought the movie was going to be as I was watching it. I was sort of like formulating what was going on. And then it, it it didn't end up that way. And I also am not totally uh, like on the An- Anthony Hopkins train. Are um, you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I Like just in general or yeah, him in that like, role? I was thinking about the movies that we've watched of him and we watched... Um, Silence of the Lambs Lambs and the Tristan movie with Brad Pitt. Oh, (laughs) Legends of the Fall. Oh my gosh, this movie. This movie should have had of the in the title, like the Bears of the Edge. Yeah. So and then this movie, and I've seen him in other things. Like, uh, so I can't say that he's a terrible actor, but I feel like. Of the dynamic actors in The Edge, he was not one of them. And I thought Alec Baldwin's performance was much more entertaining. Okay. See, I really like Anthony Hopkins. Um, I think one of the first movies I was ever exposed to him was uh, The Mask of Zorro. And I... Wait... Yes, that's the first one. The second one is garbage. I've only seen it once, and I don't really care about seeing it again. Um, But I loved the first Zorro movie, and I loved him in it as Diego de la Vega. And um, I actually... Well, so, yeah, so the first movie I was ever really exposed to him was um, The Mask of Zorro, and I really liked him in that. And I really, really liked him in this movie. I actually think he was probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, He was... He was so kind, and I loved that. You know what I mean? Like, he was really knowledgeable, and he was really kind. And there was actually something that reminded... There was a story that um, kind of reminded me of um, when... What is that one character's name? Not Bot. I know most of them. I just... Steve. Okay, Steve. When <clears throat> When Steve had stupidly, like punched himself in the leg with the knife he's like oh i cut my leg and i was like 
have you never held a knife before? It's like, okay, so there's two stories. First of all, it's like that avocado hand thing that was happening years and years ago. Do you remember that? Do you, you don't remember that? No. Okay, so I don't know how people were doing it because whenever I cut avocados, I'm very aware that there's a pit in the middle. And so I cut around the pit because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> but there are people apparently that were like, like either like stabbing the avocado while they were like holding it. And so they were getting they were like knifing their hand and they were like going to the hospital and everything and it was like an it was like a epidemic of like people doing this because it got a trend name called avocado hand wow (laughs) and so and so like steve stabbed himself and i was like what the fuck (laughs) like i'm like this guy like you, you just stab yourself in the leg like you're not like more cautious about what you're doing anyway it's whatever it was pretty weird like right why yeah i don't know and he got himself pretty good i know i know but so 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 charles was like it's fine you're gonna be okay you're gonna be fine and it reminded me of the story that i read and it was like just a little short story but it was based on a prompt where um the prompt was like every lie you tell leaves a scar on your body and there was a um, it was like about this dude who was in the army and one of the guys that worked there had a massive scar running down his back and so everyone avoided this guy because they thought he was like a huge liar and then they are like in the middle of like military training or in the middle of war or something and one guy gets injured like and he's like about to die and the dude who has a scar on his back goes over there and he's holding the guy's hand and he goes, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And the guy died. And it was like the reason he had the scar was because he kept telling people like, even though he knew that they weren't going to make it, that they were going to be okay. So it was like this really powerful story. And so it kind of reminded me of, that reminded me of Charles where he was like, even though he may have not, or may, he may have known that it wasn't going to be okay with this guy, he was still like, everything's going to be fine. You know, we're going to be okay. And I really liked, like, he was just so kind, you know, and I thought he was such a, a kind character. But um, I can definitely see what you mean by Alec Baldwin's performance being more interesting or dynamic, you know. But I didn't really like Alec Baldwin's character. Like, like he, <laughs> I kind of started liking him a little bit towards the middle. And first of all, I have to say, I knew right away that he was cheating with Mickey, like immediately, because there was something they like had a moment where they like kind of kissed each other. I don't know if you re- did you saw that during the photo shoot. Yeah, like no, or- it was like right. It was like right after they landed on the plane, they like kind of like air kissed each other or something like that. And I was like, I was like, he's. He's having an affair with with Charles' wife. And then later it was revealed. And I was like, fucking fuck, I knew it. So I knew I knew pretty much right away that there was something going on between Bob and Mickey. And I was, I didn't really, like I was never on board with Charles and Mickey's relationship because it felt like, first of all, she felt like she was overdoing it to me. Um... Like, she was like, oh, you're such a great man. You're so great, blah, 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 you know. And then he says to her, he's like, yeah, you're the only woman I've ever wanted. And when he said that, I was like, you know, I I just don't feel like you actually mean it when you say it. Like, to me, it felt very forced. And I don't know if it was maybe the chemist. <laughs> just put that over here. Okay. 
I don't know if it was maybe the chemistry between um, Anthony Hopkins and Elle McPherson or what, but they're like <laughs> it, it like it didn't it seemed like they were married, but it seemed like she was just like she was just too over the top for how expressive she was over like, oh, I care about you so much, blah, 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 you know? And um, and and just that what he said back to her, I was like, uh, okay. You know? Like, I don't... Is she the only woman you've ever really wanted? You know what I mean? Like, it just, it felt... Like, he, he may have been genuine in his words and the character may have been, but when Anthony Hopkins, de- Hopkins delivered those words, I did not believe it, you know? See, I was wondering if... Because Alec Baldwin's character, what's his name? Charlie? Bob. Bob. And then Anthony Hopkins is Charlie. Okay. And then the, the Harold Perrineau's character is uh, Stephen. Steve. Yeah. Because yeah. later, Bob said something to, is it Charles or Charlie? Charles. To Both. Charles about Both. him having like latent homosexuality. So I thought that that's why he said, you're the only woman I've ever wanted. At the time when he said it, oh. that's, I didn't. I did not think that when he said it. I wasn't like, this guy might be a closeted homosexual. I didn't right. think that. But I just thought back to that line when um, Alec Baldwin said it. And I thought, well, that kind of fits then. Like, maybe he's sort of not interested in women. And that's why he said wanted. Because I think wanted is kind of a cold thing to say to someone. Instead of like, oh, you're the only one I've ever loved. I think is a much warmer and more welcome thing because i think wanting someone is a lot different than loving someone yeah so yeah when he said that it is kind of a weird possessive thing possessive i don't think possession possessive is always a bad thing like because if you're in a relationship with someone you do want to be slightly possessive over them in a healthy way you know you don't want them to go out and just like sleep around or something right right but saying like you're the only person i've ever wanted isn't really romantic in my mind it's not really romantic yeah i can see it being more like wanted is more like a physical Mm -hmm. thing than like an emotional thing and you can want anyone you know but loving someone or being like oh you're the only like women i've ever really cared about like in you know in a in a way that makes me want to take care of you or, or be have you be part of my life is vastly different from being like oh i saw some hot girl at a club and i wanted to have sex with her you know right. what i mean yeah, yeah. like yeah. i think when you're saying something and you're using desire instead of an emotion i think that changes the tone of it a lot like yeah. oh i've always wanted you or oh i've always loved you like to me those are very different things so i did think that the relationship was odd but I did not think, because I think it's really so typical for the young woman married to the old man who's a billionaire, and then there's the young hotshot yeah. for them to be having an affair. It was like, it's not very creative no. in my head. And so I really started really liking the fact that Charles called Bob out. Uh, he thought that he was calling him out. And Bob, I believed Bob. I thought Bob was like, are you crazy? No, I'm not sleeping with her. And yeah, I, was, I was a little hesitant about that, too. I was like, maybe I'm wrong, you know? But Yeah, and I, I was refreshed because I thought, like, you know, this is good because I like the idea, which is what I thought most of the movie, of here's a man who's very wealthy and doesn't trust anyone. Right. And he assumes that he's wealthy and old 
his wife and this young guy might be sleeping together. He doesn't want that to be happening, but it could happen because he's not stupid. Right. And so I like how he sort of called Bob out and Bob was just like, and Bob, and I think that's the thing is that Bob didn't make a huge, huge deal of it. He wasn't like, no, 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 no. He kind of made what I thought was a believable deal of it by being like, no, I'm not sleeping with her. And then I thought the movie was going to progress to being like, here's Charles making like maybe the first real friend of his entire life through this ordeal. And then it just cheaped out and they actually were having an affair. And that being said, I really did like how he discovered how they were having an affair. I thought that was creative. That was that little receipt. Yeah. 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 And, but I didn't like that. That's what it was all along because they had come through so much together well, and also the fact that Bob is, like, turning a rifle on him, and he's like, yeah, by the way, I'm going to kill you. I was like, but what, you killed a bear together. I, I, mean, like, I was thinking the I was same like, thing. I mean, like, you have been injured together. Like, this is something that like would emotionally bind you together yeah. forever. Like, you don't suddenly turn a gun on someone after... I don't know. So I was wondering, because he mentioned, or Charlie, Charles, Charlie, whatever, I'm going to probably just interchange them throughout the entire episode. Um, Charles had asked him, had asked Bob, he's like, so how do you plan on killing me? And at first I was like, that's so funny. And I'm like, but then I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, he's fucking serious. <laughs> Shit, you know? And, and it just, it, I just, I guess I can't wrap my head around the fact that Bob, you know, saw an opportunity to murder his friend who he's been, you know, they've been going through this wilderness, like in these situations that are really terrifying where they're being haunted, you know, hunted by this. Haunted by a ghost. (laughs) Haunted by a ghost. Um, They're being hunted by this Kodiak bear and um, this like, terrifying creature that's super powerful and strong and huge bart the bear is the actor's (laughs) name the bear actor is bart the bear and by the way as i was watching the movie he has like a such a pouty little lip like i'm a little bear i noticed i'm hungry every time he like roared i was like that floppy lip (laughs) it's impossible to take you seriously But as I was watching the movie and I was holding my cat, whose also name is Bear, I was like, fuck that bear. And then I go, not you, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but but I'm just doing what nature (laughs) intended me to do. (laughs) (laughs) I know, he had such a little floppy lip. I was like, it's funny that you noticed that because I couldn't stop noticing it throughout the entire movie. I think it'd be weird for people to not notice it. That's how egregious it was. I was really sad when it like took its final breath, though. I was like, "Oh, I know." I mean, because really sad. It is like I get that it's the survival of the fittest, and like you're human, and so you don't really have a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. you don't have a way to protect yourself. Like we don't naturally have ways to protect ourselves, like like a bear does with claws and teeth and stuff like that. A bear doesn't have any moral compass, so they don't mind fighting to the death, but humans usually do. Right, and a bear, and, and this bear is just trying to have a meal. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. you're, he's not... It's, it's instinct. Right, it's instinct. It's yeah. not... So you you do feel, like, empathy for the bear, because you're like, oh, he's just trying to get some food. But um, there's also, like, that that um, kind of that line that the guy says, the, the owner of the cabin, which... 
I have to say, when he was like, oh, yeah, don't bother locking the doors because there are no locks, I was like, ah, no locks on the doors? <laughs> like, even though I know they're in the middle of poor, nowhere. Poor man Sam Elliott. <laughs> I know, he really was. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, once a, once a bear gets a taste of that human flesh, they don't stop. And it, 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 the I, bear had eaten Steve. Yeah, oh, which, yes. okay, I have to he say, like. He flopped him around like a rag doll. Like, I have to say, like, by the way, right away, I was like, I was like, man, I hope Steve lives. And I was like, but I knew, I knew because of, like, the rules of horror movies is that the black guy always dies first. I actually but- said that to Mike as we were watching it because we watched it together. And I said, and this movie was made in 1997. That's prime token territory. Oh, oh, oh like, for sure, for sure. He was never, and I, <laughs> when the bear was, like, flopping him around, I said, I knew he wasn't going to make it because he wasn't on the movie poster. But yeah. additionally he's the only black man and it's 1997 and he has to and they can't they have to have a third party die unfortunately they made it a black man but you're not going to make the two characters die in the middle of the movie right so they have to have a third party to take the brunt of this like there has to be some weird violence in the wilderness and of course they chose a black man and uh of course he died but I mean, yeah, it was it was almost inevitable because I know. you can't get around it, especially I, then. Yeah, I know, and and I I knew that that was going to happen, and I was like, I was like, please, nineteen ninety seven, The Edge, please don't be racist, please don't, and yet it was, <laughs> it was. So I was like, yeah. cool guys, and I like that actor. I, I haven't yeah, seen him in a lot of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that's right. He plays Tybalt. No, no, he plays Mercutio. Yeah. yeah, I like him. I liked him as Mercutio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, and so I was, I was like, I knew that was going to happen, and I was <laughs> disappointed by it because I was like, well, and of course they made him like into this idiot where he's like stabbing himself in the fucking thigh, and then, and then, well, and then Bob, you know, it, Charles is like, hey, take this soiled, like this bloodied, you know, piece of clothing and bury it, like, and he said it for a reason, and it's obvious that Charles is very intelligent, you know, mm-hmm. he knows a lot of stuff. And I, I like that he did. Um, and I like that he he actually kind of reminded me of my um, maternal gran- grandpa a little bit because my maternal grandpa had just like this wealth of knowledge about like anything and everything, which I actually kind of took after because I'm kind of like that too, where I have just like a wealth of, I mean, you know, I just know all this shit. Yeah, um, yesterday you were telling me about <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. I was, yeah. So anyway, you said he reminded you of your grandpa. Yeah, so just just like this kind of like random wealth of knowledge about all these different things, and I thought that was really cool. And so then when he was like, Bob, bury this, and then Bob just stuck it on like a branch, I was like, did you even... Well, that actually actually doesn't surprise me, because I think if you know a reason in a survival situation, if you know a reason why something should be done but you don't take the time to explain why it should be done, then you shouldn't be surprised when it's done wrongly and people die. So I actually, in terms of character traits for the three characters, I guess Steven doesn't really matter because he's bear meat, but yeah, and his character wasn't super developed, but for the two main characters for Bob and Charles, it totally makes sense that Charles would be like, bury this. And Bob would be like, I don't know why. I have to bury this because I will give you an example, a real life example that was not life or death is I had to get new. The first time I had to buy new windshield wipers for my car, my dad said, 
measure them, measure them both so you know what size to buy. And I measured one and I was like, I'm not going to measure both of them. I don't need to measure both of them. I measured one. Well, that's when I learned that windshield wipers are two different sizes. (laughs) And I bought the same size for two of them and my dad put them on for me and he was like, did you not measure? And I said, I measured one of them. And he was like, well, that's why you measure both of them. So, And that wasn't like obviously a life or death situation, but when you think you when you think you've got a grasp on a situation when you're like me and you're slightly flighty and you think like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. I don't have to like, why do I have to measure both? I could totally see why Bob would just hang it on a tree because he thinks he's just as smart, you know? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Charles is smart, but I can be just as smart. I'm going to hang it over a tree. Cause he said like a bear couldn't climb up that high. And Charles is like, it puts the scent of blood in the air. And it's like, I liked how it played out because it played out realistically because that's what those two character traits I think would do. But in a real life situation, if you want something done right in that regard when it's life or death, you have to say, bury this or it'll put the smell of blood in the air. But he wouldn't know to do that because he didn't know Bob very well. You know what I mean? Right. I guess. So I I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I, I guess to me, I was frustrated because i feel like i would understand that it would put the smell of blood in the air because bears have a very sensitive nose and so they're gonna pick up on that and they're probably gonna pick up on it from miles away i would bet you know so i was just like annoyed with bob because i was like dude you don't use like your just your common fucking sense you know what i mean i don't know i think he did though he used his common sense he put it over a tree you know yeah it, i know what you're saying and i agree with you but i also disagree because i think he that's was kind of the same yeah I, I agree with you but i also disagree at the same time like i get where you're coming from but i'm also like but it was an idiot move <laughs> it was and it cost steven his life yeah uh, steven poor steven like i i mean as soon as the bear clamped onto his leg i was like you can try to dead. save him but he's not gonna make it after yeah. this well and also I like i can't believe the bear was still hungry after that. like he was hungry like three days later or a day I, later it seemed i know you'd think that he would like have that meal over several days or yeah, something or i don't but, know but anyway and With i this did party little <laughs> Which, that was good but i want more that was really good <laughs> i'm gonna go get some more and um i i did look it up afterwards and there was kind of inconclusive evidence that like bears getting a taste for human flesh is actually a thing yeah i don't and i don't think i'm i don't think that's a thing i think that's like a mythos that they made up for like the film you it, know? well no there's like things. well not film but like it's, it's it may be like maybe it's like an indigenous like kind of creation or you know what i mean or something like that Mm -hmm. where people who are indigenous to this part of the world uh wherever they may be located i don't know look like i don't know i don't know it seems like (laughs) the other day i discovered that guam is right near australia and i was shooketh (laughs) so my world has been expanded (laughs) i also did not know and this is maybe really sad but i had no idea that arkansas was right near georgia in louisiana i thought it was like way further in like the wyoming area (laughs) she's biting her (laughs) fist like oh boy yeah you know it's not the first time i uh one time asked if vermont was a city or a state so you know by one time are you saying were you a kid when you asked that because if you're a kid it's totally acceptable i was younger than i am now what was the context 
how old were you what happened i need to know you brought it up you can't you can't worm your wiggle your way out of this no i was i was a kid when it first happened when it first happened yes it's happened more than once so the first time the and somebody answered it for you and you were like i'm never gonna need this again i'm not gonna retain it completely forgot it and then later i went wait is vermont a city or a state and i was working and they were like it's a state and i was like i knew that (laughs) just i was just testing you (laughs) and they went oh boy well anyway but i also and that's when i also learned that oklahoma's right above texas in other words it's texas's hat that is a thing yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, I, I really want to know like why state states were shaped the way they are. I actually, uh, I think I do know after looking at a lot of maps on on Google Maps yesterday because I was doing it for work. Um, that it's it's really just like natural boundaries, so like rivers and and um, like mountains and stuff like that, pretty much. Yeah, it's very much like it follows like along a natural path. Yeah, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know where they are. I wondered if they maybe they said, but I thought they were up like, you know, maybe they're in like Alaska or Montana or Canada. I don't know. Well, it seemed like <clears throat> it seemed like it was. I didn't know if were they there just for like a photo shoot for Mickey. That's what it seemed like. Okay, because it seemed like they were they were there for like thirty six hours is what they were saying. Yeah, because they're like, oh yeah, we'll be. Um, you know, pick us up in 36 hours. And I was like, what's even the point of like, it seems like they were kind of on vacation, but I guess they weren't on vacation. You know, I was like, what? You're not, I'm like, that's not a vacation 36 hours. Like, what do you even do during that time? You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just for some weird Native American photo shoot where they put a white woman in a Native American outfit. Yeah, and that was <laughs> this is my question for you is that weird? Like, I don't know, was Bob's intention for going up to find that Native American man to actually ask a complete stranger if he wanted to be in a modeling shoot? Or was it a way to to find, was it some way to find a way, that's a lot, I don't know, to kill Charles? To kill Charles, and if it was, why would he, because he didn't know the plane was going to crash, so why would he bring two other people, the pilot and Steven, yeah. if that was his intention? But equally weird and totally off the rails is saying let's find a like a woodsman who lives off the land and ask him if he wants to be in a modeling shoot with a woman dressed as a native american like both (laughs) of those scenarios seem equally bonkers to me and i don't know like what what did after you learned that bob actually wanted to kill charles or did he did he actually want to kill him and charles was just like going way off the deep end by saying how are you going to kill me and then later bob being an opportunist was like i guess i could kill him what are the motivations of bob (laughs) so i assume that bob is likely has some narcissistic tendencies i would assume that um i think that he went with the intention of going to take photographs of this guy and I think that in Bob's mind, um, 
maybe it's the type of thing where he thought like, oh, well, no one would turn down this oper- this amazing opportunity to be in a photo shoot with this gorgeous woman and blah, blah, blah. When in the reality is, is that like, you don't know this dude at all. And you have no idea what this dude like. I mean, you know, his friend said that that he didn't even have a radio or a telephone, which like blows my mind because I'm like so connected like with the world that I'm like, what? Who would do that? You know, but I mean, obviously you know, different people. I also would never live in the middle of the woods. So there's that. Um, but I I think that he had the intention of going up and taking photographs of this guy because I think that he probably thought that there's no way that this guy will turn me down. Like he will be so excited to be able to do this for this opportunity. And he probably didn't even think twice about the guy maybe being like, no, but I mean, we... I don't even think that dude had like one line of dialogue and you only see him later for like two seconds. Like, Mm -hmm. so obviously it wasn't a vital, it was never a vital part of the storyline. And I'm not sure. I, I think maybe I'm not sure about him wanting to kill Charles. I think that's, I think that Charles is a very astute observer, but it, and he may have, Actually, like, I, I just, I don't think that if he genuinely thought Bob was going to kill him or his life was in danger, that he would have brought him along or he would have spent as much time. You know what That's I mean? That's a good like, point. Yeah, yeah, because if he, like, like he, it seemed to me like it was just kind of like a weird offhanded joke. Um, and then maybe later Bob was, as you said, an opportunist and he saw this rifle and he saw the bullets and he was like, well, shit, I can walk out of here because Charles has got me alive. You know, like I've, I've been alive this far. Well, yeah, but you've been alive because Charles has been there. <laughs> like this is, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not saying that I don't think Bob would have survived without Charles, but there's obviously Charles is a very like he's a very knowledgeable person and I think that he significantly helped Bob's survival with being there. You oh know? yes, yeah. That's something that's also that I'm kind of on the fence about is how all of his knowledge he self admitted that it was all head knowledge. And so I thought he <laughs> I kind of wish that they would have explored perhaps he was enjoying being marooned a little bit more than most people would enjoy because all of his head knowledge was just that and now he actually has experience right but they didn't explore that like he never sort of was smiling like looking off like we get to be here in this beautiful you know landscape he was always just like solely focused on survival which also makes sense but he was so calm all the time that it started like getting on my nerves because I, I kind of wanted to see him mess up. I kind of wanted to see him get a little nervous every once in a while. I kind of wanted to see him lose his cool a little bit. But even when like Bob was freaking out because the helicopter passed them by, he was just so focused on being like, how can you start fire with ice? You know, and I was right. like, I want to see a little bit of emotion from him. In one way or the other, not necessarily in that scene, but that's when I started thinking, like, I think he's enjoying this, and I wish that they would have confirmed it somehow. I think somehow. he was maybe enjoying it, yeah. And I, there was no, like, highs and lows of emotion for him, and it's, you know, especially when he found out, like, the his wife was cheating on him. That was the most emotion we saw, but I just, and I guess at the end, when he's sort of, like, was recounting that the people died to save his life 
But I kind of wanted them to just show him being like, I've always wanted to do stuff like this, you know? Right. And and the fact that they didn't, I think, did it slightly a disservice because, you know, I can read a lot about changing brakes on a car, but when I actually have to change the brakes on a car, I'm not going to do it perfectly. Right. And everybody that made mistakes were the people around him and not him. Yeah, that... You're right. That does seem if he like unless he's like a practiced outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. You're right. There would be times where he'd be like, "Oh shit, Ugh, I shouldn't have done that," or "I I shouldn't have collected this kind of wood," or whatever. You know what I mean? Because um, I guess they did like with the paperclip compass thing. Oh, that's but, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was interesting. Um, Sorry, I interrupted your thought. No, I know. I'm. <laughs> So I I really liked Charles being very calm and stuff. I really liked his character, actually. I loved that he was so... I liked that he was stoic and he was, like, very... um, Like, his head was always in the right place. But I think you are right about that. I think that it's, it's too idealistic for him to always be right about what they're doing if he has not been in this type of situation before. And if he has, if he is as good as he is about like what what they're going through and everything, then they need to have it established that this is not the first time that he's done this, you know? Right. And and in that case, it's like, you're right. No one's going to be perfect the first time, you know? I mean, it's like, no one is ever... No one is ever, like, immediately good at, at what they're doing, you know, unless you're, like, I don't know, some sort of, like, genius or something. But it's unlikely, you know? Yeah. And so it's while the, some of the things that he may have done were just kind of more, like, common sense, you know? But I thought that, like, w- like the part near the end or at the end when he puts the... um the piece of greenery on the fire to like create the smoke. I thought I was like, that is damn clever, you know? Cause I don't know if I would have thought of that. Right. But he immediately was like, Oh, smoke, smoke is a great idea. And, um, that's when I started <laughs> screaming at the screen. I was like, don't you see him? You motherfuckers. And I was like, don't fucking turn around you assholes and notice him. Like, <laughs> like i was getting so worked up and i was i was getting like really tense in parts where i was like holding like my hands on the side of my head like i was like oh no 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 (laughs) you know what i mean so i definitely was i definitely got into the movie for sure yeah Yeah. i got into the movie with the bear situation big time i i thought that that was pretty interesting and terrifying to be hunted by a bear and uh and then they, I guess, like, the killing him wasn't super easy, you know? Oh, no. And no. rightfully so. And and I thought that that was such a bonding thing. And that's, I think that's yeah. why I got so disappointed that not only uh, is the wife and Bob, are they having an affair, but Bob also is still wanting to kill him, which goes back to what you said. Like, after they killed a bear together, I think I would have <laughs> liked it slightly more if they kept the affair storyline but he didn't try to kill him he just was like yeah uh charles we were having an affair but i've gotten to know you a lot on this trip and and i'm really sorry you know and and maybe the net effect could still be the same where he falls into that pit still but not trying to kill charles and he could still die you know right before they get rescued like all that stuff could still happen but just 
change it a little bit. I would have rather there'd been no affair storyline just because I think that that's like, oh, oh, wow, I'm shocked. But yeah, a younger, it, younger woman who's mm-hmm. married to a billionaire having to play was, the younger guy. I was saying to Mike, <laughs> like, I know that there are gold diggers and I know that people don't need a reason necessarily to cheat on their spouses. I know all that. But his character was not undesirable at all oh no he was very very nice guy he was not feeble he was very smart he was well-spoken he was very caring he doted on her and i and i I was like she's like will you go make me a sandwich and he's like sure i'd love to like just so like and i I loved charles like i thought charles (laughs) was such a sweetheart like the entire movie i was like oh so what's the motivation to (laughs) cheat on him you know i think that they there was a mention that charles worked a lot so oh, that could have been part of okay. it. Yeah, that he was maybe a little bit of a workaholic and so she maybe just didn't see him that often. And so, you know, I, I'm i not saying it's okay, I'm, uh, but if that is a situation where she's in, she should have gone to Charles and been like, stop working so much. I want to spend time with you. I'm not happy that you're working this much. You know, like you mean a lot to me, but when you are constantly working, it makes me feel like I'm not as important in your life. And she... I mean, maybe she could have turned to um, Bob for feeling like she was feeling invalid or something if she wanted validation from him or she wasn't feeling as, like, wanted or something like that. But, yeah, I, I, I also agree with you that there wasn't – it wasn't, like – egregiously obvious that he was a workaholic you know what i mean like it it was just like how it's totally unlikely that a young woman would love an old man and this movie is just gonna prove that i am living proof that a younger woman can love an older man because (laughs) all of my celebrity crushes are like way older than (laughs) so i just think i just think that it just i wish if they were since they were like definitely doing the cheating storyline i wish that they would have been a little bit more creative with it if she's a gold digger then why isn't he like old and feeble-minded and if she's just like a bet if if she's cheating on on him because she's a bad person then show me a little bit more of her being a bad person right and we never and there was never much to mickey at all or if it was the two of them just like working together causing her to cheat then just don't make their relationship seem so idealistic and don't and i do think that like the fact that we're even talking about this is proof to me that it just bogged down like it bogs down the storyline because I think at its base, the movie is a survival story. So you don't yeah. even need the cheating story, you know? No, I agree. And it didn't add anything really to um, this. Like, it really didn't add anything. Right. It and didn't. it really didn't take away anything either. It was just kind of like, it didn't need, like, sure, it was interesting, but it was not like, it's not like we're watching Bob continuously try and kill Charles. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And we're not it's watching not- Charles like continuously try to like make sure Bob gets in harm's way because he's pissed at him or something. Right. Like yeah. and it's not like some like Buster Keaton like <laughs> ridiculousness where like Charles is constantly just barely surviving this like a, you know assassination <laughs> attempt or whatever. You know. So um, it, it's it's. It's just, it, I, I agree with you that there wasn't, there didn't seem to be like a real legitimate reason for that cheating storyline to be in there because Except it doesn't that, have like, any real reflection on the actual plot, you right. know? Yeah. Because yeah. everything that happened could have still happened. Like Bob oh, could yeah, have still fallen time. in that pit. Bob and I just, I really wanted it to become a, like an unlikely buddy movie. I, yeah. And that's what yeah. I was really like in my heart of hearts hoping for. And just like, 
you know, his wife and all the other people at the hotel are just like secondary characters to make us know that there's a reason for them to survive this. Like there's right. a reason beyond just survival. Like they have something to survive for. Right, right, right. And so they're 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 important for that reason and that reason only. And so yeah, I I just I was I have to tell you that I was like so pissed in the scene when they find that that like raised up cabin and everything. And they like the thing about survival movies that I actually kind of enjoy is how everything has a purpose like Chekhov's gun Chekhov's gun is like at its peak in these movies because everything that they get or receive or every word of knowledge that they get or everything that happens or everything they show you know is going to happen when they're in the survival situation in the movie and so they go to the Native American man's house and they see that there's like this pit for catching bears and anthony hopkins basically tells charles basically tells us like this is going to be important later in the movie and so <laughs> yeah. when they found that hunting cabin i was so pissed because he saw it and the first thing he didn't do was walk into the cabin and be like look there's a pit out there watch out where you're walking around right. and i kept saying to mike i was like okay so alec baldwin's gonna fall in that pit because he never <laughs> warned him he never warned so him you knew that it was gonna happen i, I was i mean i would have I, if i could like if i could uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like fast travel to Vegas and put a million dollars on it, you know, like <laughs> teleport. If I could teleport to Vegas and bet on it, I was 100% certain that Alec Baldwin was going in the pit. And I, and I said it to Mike multiple times and I was like, and I was mad because I liked the two, I wanted it to be a buddy movie, you know? And so right. I'm like, and then Alec Baldwin was like, he went outside for something. Alec Baldwin was outside. I keep calling him, but okay, Bob was outside for something. Right, right. And I said this, I said what I just said to you about like, why didn't you tell him? That's like number one. That's the most important thing you say to somebody is there's something out there. Watch out where you're walking. And he never said it. And then, and then he discovered the situation, you know, when he, like and that's that's what when we were watching spencer when i talked about the pearls that's what reminded me of the edge because he opens up the box from the knife uh-huh. that bob gave him on his birthday and there's like the receipt for the knife and the pocket watch i don't know why you put him. the receipt in the box that you gave yeah i was wondering what the motivation was for that unless they wanted him like bob wanted him to find out because bob was the one who yeah. put the receipt in there because that's a weird thing to forget you know yeah yeah especially and like if he had it'd be one thing if he had like forgotten and then later been like oh shit i gotta get this out yeah (laughs) i did burn it whatever like throw it in the fireplace but um yeah the fact that it's just you know he just like charles just opened it up and it was like oh okay so my wife's been cheating on me with bob yeah great and he's and he was like trying to hold it together or seemingly was able to hold it together but that also I think is part of the reason why the relationship between Charles and Mickey bothered me so much is because he didn't seem like he was particularly bothered by the fact that they were cheating. You know, like he was kind of like, oh, okay. And then that was kind of it. It wasn't like a... That's that's why I was kind of annoyed because I, I think he knew that they were cheating the whole time. He was just waiting for some sort of confirmation Whereas I would have rather had it been like he suspects that they're cheating the whole time and then he finds out and then he made a friend, you know, (laughs) who wasn't cheating on him with his wife. Why can't they just be decent people who like him and Alec Baldwin have like nothing in common, but they could become friends, you know, like it could be a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, Yeah, because I I keep thinking about the scene where um, Bob falls into the bear pit and Charles like immediately goes down and helps him. And I was like, 
I don't know if I would have been that kind. Yeah. You know, I think I, I would have been like, you just tried to kill me. Why would I help you? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, eliminating you is my best chance for survival now. So this is what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to leave you there or I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and, and I would hope that I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, if it's my life versus yours and you just walked into a bear pit, it's kind of like, well, I maybe get the chance to walk away and not feel guilty about, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> that's another just, thing. I'm like I would have no. I think I think I would have totally understood if Charles had actually gotten the gotten in the canoe and gone like a mile down the river and then been like, "What am I doing?" and then gone back for him. Right. But you're right. He immediately jumped in the pit. Yeah. He was like, it, it just, it just Charles was just so kind. Like he was, and and he was he was just always so kind and so like sure to help everyone else you know what i mean and and i that's why i really liked his character but um yeah i i, I was just like this guy just tried to kill like her he was yeah, just about to kill you like and if he hadn't yeah. stopped in that bear trap there's a real possibility that charles would have been dead you know that's the thing like that's one of the reasons why the cheating storyline bothered me is just because it was so extreme that yeah. it wasn't just he discovered that they had been cheating all along, but Bob still went ahead with his plan to try to kill him. Yeah. Or I don't think Bob actually would have done it because he would have done it way before. Like, I think the, the adage, I mean, I'm not saying this in real life, like I would never taunt someone with a gun, but in a movie, like, I think you can be reasonably sure that if someone is pointing a gun at a character for too long then that's the sign that that they, they don't have the guts you know they, yeah. they don't have the courage to do it so it's I, like rolf and the captain and yeah Sound exactly of music. exactly yeah he's like you don't have the courage to do that Let me, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take your gun yeah you. and rolf's so, like okay <laughs> so i don't think that bob was really gonna kill him and i think charles probably kind of knew that i think i think so but too. you still have to have the showdown because you know bob has to come to that sort of thing and and so that's why the cheating storyline to go back to what i was trying to say is just that it bothered me because it was so extreme it wasn't like yeah we're cheating charles i'm i i never told you but i'm not gonna kill you it's yeah we're cheating charles i'm going to kill you and then he saves him and and i just was thinking like this is too extreme yeah like and the thing is too is that to me it didn't seem like there was enough of Chekhov's gun in the first couple acts to make Bob's response yes. later to like to like it just didn't seem like it was really valid like it seemed like it was a little too over the top yep. like, and yep, you know yep, yep. all of a sudden you know they're like they're fine everything's fine and they're like oh we found this cabin we can stay here whatever we can find whatever we want you know and then there's like this creeping up of like this uncomfortableness between them this like tenseness between them and and i was like okay so something something's changed you know you can like feel it like in the air like the air feels like suddenly heavier mm -hmm. and and then all of a sudden bob's threatening charles with a gun but again there was no sort of like aggressive right like exactly. he never like yeah. aggressively was like oh charles i just want to kill you or something yeah. you know like it, it there's it wasn't it, it just didn't feel like there was enough of a reference of Bob having the bloodthirst to end Charles' life. I, that's a great. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to make 
what he later did seem like a valid response to especially after they went through all that shit together like i would have a i right i would think anyone unless you're a psychopath who doesn't care about other people would have a really hard time pulling the trigger on someone who you just you know not only did they ex- like and i <laughs> i have to say that like after they killed the bear and then they were wearing like the bear skin i was like that is so cute <laughs> I liked when he made him the necklace. I thought yes. that was really fun. When yeah. he's like, yeah, that's what you mean, he's one like, for you, me. And yeah, he one for me. gave it to yeah. him. And he was like, here you go. Yeah, and I was like, they're friends. They yeah. have friendship necklaces. Yeah, and I think, like I said, like just keep the whole thing the same. Alec Baldwin can even die at the end. Yeah. But instead of it being like, all sad ending, it's like a happy ending. Like, you know what? My friend died, but my friend he was my friend yeah, you know yeah and and then it's a lot more valid for him to say for charles to say at the end they died saving my life yeah yeah exactly yeah instead of like you know uh bob dying because he threatened to kill charles yeah you know? and then he gives mickey the watch and she's like oh crap but anyway yes i, I i'm gonna go I back really, to the I, I was like when i when i watched him like walking up to mickey i was like now hug her and say i want a divorce yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, was I wanted him to like that. hug her and like whisper in her ear, be like, "I missed you, but I want a divorce." <laughs> like, I was happen. sort of expecting something like that, but no. I liked that he just handed her the watch. I, did I guess too. I mean, because he can't change it. The movie has the cheating storyline, so I did like that he just handed it to her, and she knew exactly right, like right. what yeah. it meant. But I wanted to go back to your comment about the bear fur skins like he was tremendously good at skinning a bear and that was a little bit crazy like (laughs) in sewing garments together and not only that but like doesn't it take time to like tan and hide and there's no like blood and gut still stuck to it (laughs) and it didn't stink or they didn't seem to act like it stunk i mean maybe they smelled bad enough where it didn't it could be but like there's a different there's a difference though between an unwashed person and rotting flesh yeah Yeah, like Like, there should be flies all over oh maybe in the middle of winter maybe not but like but still either way yeah i was thinking the same thing i was like wow not only does he know how to survive but he can make himself clothing (laughs) that's pretty amazing that was pretty that i I mean, that I thought was it was a little, endearing. But I, I, yeah, it was something that didn't wasn't really logical to the storyline, but I still liked it because yeah, I thought it was I kind agree. of cute. Like I was no, like, I agree. Oh. yeah, yeah. Like they're off. They're like, now we're buddies, and we're off walking in our bear skins. Like, yeah, you know, I was like, cool. But yeah, I, I, I it just it, it definitely just did not seem like there was enough for Bob to have threatened. I Charles agree, life. especially at that point in the movie. Yeah, like if it had especially. happened earlier in the movie, sure, I would have been on board with it. And yeah, then they like, like got past it and still had to survive together. That would be interesting. But the fact that, like you said, it happened so late, it didn't fit. It reminds me of a kind of reminds me of. Um, I, you haven't really seen the IT Crowd, right? I've seen like one and a half seasons, two seasons. Have I seen all of season two? I can't remember. Like one and a half seasons of it. Okay, so I don't, I think this was in the later, I think this was in the third season. But there, Roy Chris O'Dowd's character is dating a woman and she like, her family died. And he's like, well, how did your family die? And she was like, well, we were at a sea parks, which is like SeaWorld. And she's like, and um, they died in a fire. And so he's like, okay, so 
and he's trying to figure it out and he's like okay well there can't be wood at a sea parks because of all the water and it would rot and so this like everything's made of stone and so he's trying to figure out he's like he's like you know I just don't understand it he's like how can someone die in a fire he's like you know I would imagine if there's dolphins around there has to be a lot of water and so he goes you know if they drowned I would have been the happiest man in the world <laughs> just reminded me of that how did they end up dying and they died in a fire and that's that's all they say he basically like builds like (laughs) he builds like a giant like sea parks like made out of like matches (laughs) and and he's like this is taking forever to go on fire and this thing is made of matches and then so like it starts like building up in the fire and he goes oh so they did die in a fire (laughs) and then he like burns his hands later and like and because she when she had initially told them she's like She's like, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. I don't want to ever talk about it again. And so she's like, they died in a fire to see Parks. And he was like, starting to ask her questions like, okay, but like, how did that happen? She goes, I don't want to talk about it. And, and like, so later he had, his hands were really burned from doing that. And she goes to visit him in the hospital. And she's like, how did it happen? He goes, I don't want to talk about it. I see. It's a funny show. It just reminded me of that. But yeah, I mean, I like the movie overall. Me too. But yeah. it was, there were definitely, I, I agree with you that the cheating storyline I didn't think was necessary. Yeah. I don't think it added anything. It it really kind of more took away from things. Yeah, I thought so. It wasn't like a terrible aspect of it. It certainly like isn't something that ruined the film, but it was enough where it was like, like, is this a little bit of lazy storytelling here? That's you what know? I thought. I thought I kind of thought it was because I don't know. There should have been maybe more clues saying that she like married him for his money or something, or you know, some just something, right? So that when it happened, but then also even if you were gonna do the story cheating storyline, don't make Bob like want to kill him still you know yeah i i really don't get that that seemed that seemed just so strange to yeah. me like you just went through such a traumatic event together like like this is the you kind watched of a thing. man get killed by a bear yeah like this is the type <laughs> of thing that you're gonna walk away from and you're definitely probably gonna have ptsd sure like for yeah. sure you know and and going through something together is going to pull you together it's not going to make you want to murder the guy like that, right. just, that yeah. seems so ludicrous it was it was over the top it, it was yeah. it was it was totally over the top and it, it didn't it just didn't seem to make sense with yeah as i said like if you tried to kill him earlier in the movie i would have been the happiest woman alive but <laughs> <laughs> because he tried later yeah i was like uh, i don't know fire at a sea parks just doesn't seem to make sense <laughs> i did like when they caught the squirrel oh yeah with the cage oh, and they were so they excited got, after they like they like flipped out and then they like saw the, the i was like so that squirrel's just gonna i was thinking the same there. thing like i was like that poor squirrel yeah. i'm like i hope it can lift up the cage and i thought the same thing like surely they went back for it right I know. but they know. probably didn't they, they probably just forgot about it but i don't know how you could forget about something if you haven't eaten for days and days and you're like there's a juicy ass there's a squirrel us, yeah like, it would have been funny to see them like try to fashion little clothes out of <laughs> squirrel skin <laughs> A little tiny You're wearing hat. like a ta- the tail as an earring. <laughs> like, oh, this is my squirrel foot. <laughs> Gross. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wanted to talk about after. So Bob falls into the bear pit. Mm-hmm. 
Charles rescues him and then he sort of bundles him up and takes him in a canoe down the river and then they stop and they're laying he's laying by the fire and I I did really enjoy how Bob was like your wife she wasn't in on like trying to kill you and I thought that that was good that they, that they established that it wasn't like some elaborate plan from the wife and Bob mm-hmm. Mickey and Bob to kill yeah Charles. I like that too because there's so many like that that's like a real life storyline that happens like way too often you know what I mean like that's mm-hmm. a real thing that happens in real life and and it's it's always like just disappointing like and it's ugh, like I'm like you can't just get a divorce like it's you like murders right that, yeah I, I'm I, and it always blows my mind when people are like especially people who are like, well, I'm really religious and like the church would look down on me like divorcing my wife and I'm like, so they're fine with you murdering her? It's messed up. It's really messed up. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, divorce. My goodness, no. I can't believe you're divorced. Oh, you're going to murder her. You know what? That's acceptable in our church. We, yeah. <laughs> we we love hom- homicide in here, so it's just great. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed It seemed too over the top for for her to be involved yeah yeah just the whole thing the whole thing seemed just too over the top like trying to kill him and everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i don't know she i don't think i would have cast Elle mcpherson if i had cast this movie because i just didn't think she had the chemistry with anthony hopkins and that bothered me Mm -hmm. it like it doesn't have to be a lot of chemistry but you're assuming that they've been married probably for a couple years now or at least, you know, like maybe five years or whatever. And there has to be something between them, you know, even if it's like, maybe they don't have like a really active sex life or something like that. There's still got to be something like, you know, some sort of like, oh, we got married because we have this connection. You know what I mean? So, I yeah, don't know. I think if the relationship aspect was going to be such a big driving force in the movie, then there had to be a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, so, but I did like that they clarified that it wasn't like this plot that she cooked up with Bob. Yeah, and yeah, made her like a psychopath too. Yeah, because like, it's like, you should surround yourself with better people, I think. <laughs> I, I know, um, I know. I did, Mike did say something that I agreed with and he said he, he liked, he enjoyed seeing how they, how people, like everyday people survive in the wilderness using everyday things. And mm. I did think that was fun as well. Like yeah, yeah. using his watch chain to fish and things of that nature and like using a string from his shirt to, to make fishing line. And so I yeah, thought he was clever. interesting. Yeah, he was, he he was thought, very clever. He thought to bring the flares. This is something that bothered me as well because earlier in the movie he was wearing the flares like a classic messenger bag, mm-hmm. safe on his body. But then when he's walking over the log, which I would never walk over it the way they were walking, I would like straddle it and scoot across. <laughs> yeah. Why would you ever think that? Like, yeah, I'm I'm good at tightrope walking. I'm gonna just go across right, this log, right? And, you know. So that was, and they did it. They made it look really easy as well. I know. Well, and Steve was like, yeah, like, he just like sped across exactly. it like he had yeah. been doing this his whole life, like and speeding across logs. So it was across me. I'd be like crazy rivers. <laughs> yeah, like an inch a, an hour, you know. But when he's walking across this rickety log, he's just got like the the bags just sort of precariously hanging on him and i know that that's a plot device because it helped like soften the blow from when he fell in the river but i was thinking like that seems weird that he wouldn't wear the bag better (laughs) and i know that that's a silly thing to focus on maybe but it was it was 
really apparent to me that he changed the way he was carrying the bag for no reason other than they needed it to catch on the log a little bit when he fell yeah and they they had to lose the flares as well yeah yeah which they could have lost in any number of ways well they could have just not even brought them with sure them. yeah like there was no real reason for them to be there other than right for they they started a fire at one point but clearly they were able to do that other ways mm-hmm. but also okay i have to say um i think i did write like maybe one or two notes i think one of the notes i read so i know that the pilot looked like he was dead but it kind of bothered me that there was no sort of like an effort to rescue him it seemed like they were like oh there's just three of us and the fourth guy never existed <laughs> yeah because they never even bring him up again you know yeah it was like, that's true that's like, a good point yeah like yeah. It, it seemed almost like and i almost like forgot that the pilot was like the fourth person there but i, I kind of just wish they had been like like oh let's have a moment for like the death of this pilot or something like that you know what i mean but there was like none of that it was just That's like what, yeah he was totally like he, he was like just he looked dead to, but yeah. he didn't like no one tried to rescue you know what i mean it just i don't know to me it seemed it's it just seemed like there wasn't it didn't it seemed like we didn't know enough if he was dead or not you know what i mean like it was it was so I don't know. What did yeah. you think about that? I thought he looked pretty dead. But I do think it's really weird that they didn't say anything about him. No, they didn't. Like, it's almost like he never existed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Like, and, even if they didn't know his name, it's still like, he was still a person. Right. With like, you know, and, and even, even if, it, like, yes, they should have brought him up. But then even like later, I wish that someone had been like, oh, what happened to the pilot? That was, you know, and he could have been like, he lost his life when we crashed into the water or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was just, he was just, <laughs> he was just there. Yeah, he was just there. And I, and <sighs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, I also had another question, and I don't know. Um, I don't know how true this is because Lord knows that I avoid going outside at all costs. But and especially being outside in the wilderness where I have to like do stuff like camping. Ew. Um, <laughs> wouldn't just following the river lead them to civilization? I thought that a little bit. Yeah, they eat, like Charles even mentions something about the river, and also, oh. That reminds me. So when he was talking to Stephen, and Stephen was like, "What are we gonna do without a compass or something like that?" Or the compass let us stray. And uh, they made he, Charles made this big show of being like, "Up there, that's uh, Cassiopeia, and it points to the North Star." So we're gonna travel south. And then the very next scene, which is just a moment later, he's talking to Bob, and it's like dusk. But when he was talking to Stephen, it was like fully night sky. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, so he's using." He's using the stars to navigate, but then that was almost like immediately, like never mentioned again either. So following the river or using stars, nope, nothing. Well, yeah, it also seemed like no one, no one was like, oh, I noticed that um, the sun came up over there. I thought the same because when Alec Baldwin was, when Bob was like, how are we going to know which way is south? And I was like, okay, Bob, look, 
I'm not even an outdoorsman, but I know like the, the directions where the sun rises right. and sets. Right. So from that, you can pretty much deduce almost anything. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I, I if you just want like a broad direction, you can just say, "Okay, well, the sun is setting here, so we walk this way." Right. You know? I just, it seemed to me like if I were in that situation, God forbid, if I was in that situation, I think I'd follow the river because to me it seems logical because civilizations are built on rivers because it provides food and it provides transportation. Yep. So you might have to walk a hundred plus miles, but you would probably eventually reach something. You know what I mean? Right. Versus getting yeah. lost in the mountains and you don't know where you're going and it's dangerous and it's cold. And, and like if you have, you're right near a river, you have access to fresh water, which is pretty fucking essential and access to food. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, I kind of was like, no one, no one had that thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, sure. It could still be a movie, though, with a Kodiak bear following them if yeah. they followed the river. Yeah. They did seem to sort of veer off just into the wilderness. And I I thought that that was a little bit strange as well. Yeah. Just because... They could have had more. I mean, none of them are stupid. Like, just because Charles has had knowledge does not mean that they wouldn't also have an instinct to be like, I think we should follow the river because rivers flow down the mountain. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very rarely do rivers flow up a mountain. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. (laughs) You're right. That is... It's extremely rare. I'd say that a river flows <laughs> only up the on mountain. the solstice. I guess only yeah. on certain days in March, the thirty second of March. <laughs> That's only when it does. Um, yeah, I, I thought that that was that was strange because I was like, you know, I have barely any instincts for survival. I'm pretty much like a, I'm. I'm in. I'm a. What do you always say? Like a, a, an indoor. I'm an indoor boy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an indoor boy. <laughs> uh, Did you ever read the Hatchet? Yes. Yes, many times. I was thinking of that book a lot when I was watching the movie. (laughs) Were you? I really liked that book when I was a kid. Me too, yeah. it's. uh, I don't remember much, but... That kid knew how to survive. Yeah, he really did. That hatchet was... Yeah. Thank God he had that hatchet, (laughs) because who knows what would happen. (laughs) Uh, I remember being really turned off by the cover art of that book, and so I never (laughs) read it, and then we were forced to read it in seventh grade, and I was like... And now, ever since then, I'm like... Wow, they really did it a disservice with the awful cover art. I don't even remember it. I remember it because I hated it so much. And <laughs> it's amazing because I always judge books by their covers. You know what book I I hated and is like pretty loved throughout, like like a lot of people love it, is um, The Catcher in the Rye. Like a lot of people really love that book. And I've always been like, I fucking hate the catcher in the not I just hate. No, I fucking <laughs> hate the catcher in the rye. And I might feel differently now that I'm older, you know, but when I was a kid, I was like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But all these people are like, oh, that's such a great book. And I was like, was it though? Was <laughs> it a great book? Because I can tell you it wasn't. <laughs> I think I tried to read it in high school and I just didn't get very far for reasons that I can't recall. Maybe I thought it was boring. That could have been my number one. He, I complaint. think I had to read it and I just remember Holden Caulfield was the character's name. I just remember him being very snobby. Mm-hmm. You know, he was very like pretentious and I, 
Again, I think that if I read it now that I'm older, which I probably will never read it again, but I think if I read it now when I'm older, I might have a lot more empathy for the character because of just my own experiences and stuff like that. But when I was a kid, I didn't care and I didn't understand and I thought he was just a brat, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, Anyway. I did uh, think it was funny when uh, Bob was so like he was so focused on that photo in the lobby of the cabin and he was like you never you you know you have to go like 100 years ago if you want to see a truly like non-performance pose for a photo or whatever it's like when was this taken and the guy the guy was like oh i took that last year took it myself (laughs) i know and bob's like last year you took this last year like he like didn't believe him Uh uh-huh oh i did want to talk about also like when he went to the kitchen and he was making the sandwich. I thought that the pacing was a little bit like, okay, let's get to it. When he's like, he sees the meat sitting out. He sees the door open. He sees the meat sitting out. He sees the door open. He sees the meat sitting out. I know. He, sees, he closes the door. And then uh, Bob makes him like pee his pants because he's <laughs> yeah. dressed as a bear and he falls. But Mike pointed out like. It pissed that. <laughs> I have to say that meat being out like pissed me off like no other because the guy was like do not leave food uncovered even indoors because bears will come in and there's just like a fucking entire ham like a ham hog sitting on the counter like no like someone was just like i'm just gonna let this breathe for a bit (laughs) i was thinking the same thing like what is this natural refrigeration or something i just i don't know what's going on uh, but then like it made me angry i was like someone put that meat back (laughs) (laughs) no i thought the same thing and mike actually said something that i thought was interesting and and that was how um charles character didn't really like seem to grow or change much in the whole movie like it's not like he was a different person at the end than he was at the beginning and right and i thought that that was a very interesting point of view but he said i guess he did like fall down when he got scared from alec baldwin dressing as a beer a bear a beer but then he killed a bear so maybe that's the growth and but then mike concluded he said but everyone would fall down if they thought a bear was attacking <laughs> yeah, them. And oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's yeah, not really yeah. like, yeah. like, you're not really like coward if you're afraid of a bear well, attacking especially, you. Yeah, especially like you're in a small space and you're like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm about to die. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, uh, like you've, you've about a second to comprehend what's about to happen to you. Um, you're right. He, he really didn't have any sort of big, uh, like change to him or anything like that. You know, like he should have been like, like hugging his wife and going okay i want a divorce bye yeah (laughs) can i go just chill with my millions i don't know it would have been nice if he had maybe been like i'm just gonna give a shit ton of money to charity or something i don't know whatever but i thought i thought there would be like a slight epilogue scene after it faded to black of like the next summer in the place is just like happened because he decided to invest in the oh yeah yeah that would have been right. venture to make it a tourist hot spot and right. like he's devoting his life now to just living up there in the middle of nowhere and he sent his wife packing and i was i was ready for that but that didn't happen no yeah yeah i mean i overall i enjoyed it yeah me too know? i thought yeah. it was it was it was a a fun movie about survival, which is interesting and intriguing. Right. And, yeah. yeah, and it was a good cast, mm-hmm. I think, except for Elle McPherson, but she was barely in it, so it's not even really yeah. like barely in it. Barely with the B E A R. It was a pun. It was. I yeah. I got it. So would you recommend it? Yeah, I think I would. I think it's I think it's fun. I think if 
you know, if you're looking for a lighthearted survival movie, this is it. Um, the cast is great. And yeah, I, I think I would. What about you? Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's a it's a fun survival movie as well. Um, there's things that I would have done differently, but I don't think that that makes it any less of a fun movie. I right, would recommend right. it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good survival movie. It's a good like popcorn movie. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah, it yeah. totally, it totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it definitely it doesn't take away like those things that happen don't necessarily take away from the overall overallness of the film. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. All right, so you can follow us on Instagram, Watchers of Movies. You can follow us at Facebook at Watchers of Movies if you want us to do a movie um, like Samantha F. requested. You thank, can, you, Samantha, <laughs> thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. suggesting this one. Uh, she you, suggested Harry Potter as well. She did. She did. And uh, so... Yeah, but there was... V- vastly different. First of all, I had to do a lot of work to convince Sam to listen to watch all the movies, so... I would like to think I'm also partially responsible. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, yes. if you want you us... You are partially responsible. <laughs> I've only been working on the long con for like yeah. seven years now <laughs> and succeeded. All right. Time to delete your number. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> who, who am I? What, you're, you're the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I was sticking my lip out. Like the bear. He's just got this big old oh. floppy. <laughs> but I'm just a bear in the wilderness. I'm just a bear. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Anyway, if you have a recommendation for us, you can email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. We pretty much do them right away. But um, if you want us to do like, you know, well, yeah, we pretty much do them right away. But if you'd like to, s- to give us five stars because you're super freaking awesome, then go to iTunes, give us five stars. It helps us get out there. And you can also say, hey, I'd love for you guys to review this movie and we'll do it. And unless it's, you know, um, the, uh, what is it? That one movie with Jared Leto that we were talking about earlier. Requiem, Requiem for, for a Dream. dream. <laughs> yeah, unless it's Requiem for a Dream. We're like, that's a solid no on our end. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much thanks to Mike for our theme music. And he did our theme music for the Harry Potter episodes, too. He did Hedwig's theme. Yes. Thank yep. you, Mike. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. His name yes. is Mike Myers. And he performs under the name TMS. He has a Bandcamp page, which if you go to his Twitter, there's a link to it. And he's got other songs that he's created, including uh, his foray into wizard rock which <laughs> was on our deathly hollows part one episode in addition to hedwig's theme yes and the theme that you heard today which is our original yes score yes, uh anyway <laughs> thank you mike <laughs> and now i feel terrible about telling sam that i was gonna delete her number <laughs> that guilt it's eating away at me oh i already the forgot always. that you said that <laughs> so <laughs> okay, well, anyway. I wasn't. I would have never thought about it again until I was editing. <laughs> Here I Do am, like racked with guilt. I'm like, oh, that Italian Catholic guilt, and I wasn't even raised Catholic. Okay, <laughs> like it's just that in my blood. It's just it's- in my blood. <laughs> bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.